This is The Wrap, episode 58. The Wrap is a weekly show where I talk about all the cool and fun things that happened throughout the past week. Today is Friday, December 6, 2013, and I'm your host, TJ. Well, I did not record an episode last week, the first week that the the rap has missed a week. Uh, it was Thanksgiving uh, weekend, and I just had too many things going on, and it seemed like a good week to kind of let the holidays take over. And I, I uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what the schedule will be over the coming weeks. As Christmas is upon us, and as things start getting crazy, I'll be doing some traveling, so I'll try to keep you up to date. I will try to record as many episodes of the rap and not as as are as are needed, and not miss any weeks. But I can't guarantee it. And I'm sure you'll forgive me over the holiday season with traveling and family and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, lots of busy stuff coming up. So I'm going to dive into the past two weeks, actually. I've tried to cherry pick the best stuff so that this won't get too long. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Starting on Monday, November 25th, uh, I posted about the Wolverine sequel being based on an existing plot line. This is according to Angie Han over at Slash Film. James Mangold and Hugh Jackman have been pretty vague so far about the really cool ideas they're considering for the upcoming sequel to the Wolverine, especially because they haven't settled on any one concept just yet. But one thing we know for certain is that it will be based on an existing comic book storyline. Mangold let the facts slip in, in, in a recent interview during which he also discussed when exactly the movie might take place. Asked by I Am Rogue whether the sequel would be based on a comic book arc, Mangold answered, Absolutely. I can tell you that in determining where we're going, I'm not solely relying on my own imagination, but also the imaginations that have spun great stories about the Wolverine in the comics. So this is not surprising to me, uh, seeing as the Wolverine, the, pre- the, the previous film that he did, it was also based to varying degrees on uh, a pre-existing comic book arc. And this, this is fine with me as long as it's as good as the previous film. Uh, it was a major step up from the first Wolverine film, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, and then the confusingly named The Wolverine. I hope they name the next, this coming film better so that we can differenti- differentiate it more easily. But... Uh, yeah, the only thing I would like to see better is a slightly better, uh, less extraneous villain uh, or, or something a little more menacing. The, the, the villain was probably the weakest point of the Wolverine, uh, so uh, I hope that that's better. But all in all, I mean, really good film and excited to see what, what's coming there. Uh, on Wednesday, November the 27th, uh, I uh, got together with Chad and Mike Fizzle and we discussed The Hunger Games Catching Fire we all loved that film. I, I especially loved it even more so than the first film. And I, you know, I liked the first film despite its flaws. So, uh, really good film, a really highly recommended. And, uh, let's see this podcast. Let me see if I can get a link on this podcast here. It is an hour, 37 minutes and 31 seconds of us, uh, talking about the hunger games, catching fire. Great episode. You'll want to check that out. MB pod, uh, slash MB podcast slash 70, or the link will be in the show notes. I also did a bite-sized video review on Catching Fire. If you're interested in, in watching uh, me talk about it, watching the trailer while I talk about it uh, and uh, give my opinion, you can catch that. That's not nearly as long uh, if you want to catch that. So that will also be in the show notes, or you can find it at moviebite.com slash bite-sized slash four. And speaking of The Hunger Games Catching Fire, on Wednesday I posted an article about why Francis Lawrence is crucial to The Hunger Games franchise. This is Sean O'Connell over at Cinema Blend. I would argue that the hi- that the hire of Catching Fire director Francis Lawrence cannot be overlooked as we begin to measure the success of the Hunger Games film franchise. He might not attract as many eyeballs as the pop culture savvy Jay Law, who's entrenched at the moment as the media's darling, 
but his contributions behind the scenes are ensuring that those eyeballs are satisfied with what they are seeing and will continue to be satisfied as the series progresses. And I agree, as as I mentioned on the Movie by Podcast episode 70, which I just referenced, Francis Lawrence showed what a really good Hunger Games, how, how good it could really be, uh, even to such a degree that I really had to reevaluate my opinion of of Gary Ross's film and the poor choices he made uh, cinematically, uh, cinematographically, uh, is that even that's not a word? Cinematography, cin- cinematographic, cinematographically. I, <laughs> however, whatever that word is, you know what I'm trying to say. The camera work, uh, the poor choices that he made, and even though I enjoyed the film in spite of those, uh, this really took it up to such a degree that I really had to reevaluate that. Uh, Anyway, uh, his direction of Catching Fire was nothing short of brilliant. Really looking forward to the next two installments. And uh, yeah, I agree that he is essential and crucial to the Hunger Games franchise. You'll find the link to that in the show notes. Here's a little bit of sad news. Paul Walker of Fast and Furious is dead at the age of 40. According to the New York Daily News, actor Paul Walker, a self-styled adrenaline junkie best known for his role in the Fast and Furious movies, was killed Saturday in a fiery single-car wreck in Southern California. The 40-year-old Walker was riding in a red Porsche GT about 3.30 p.m. when the sports car flew off the road and slammed into a tree in Santa Clarita. Authorities uh, and witnesses said the car burst into flames. And then heartbreakingly, uh, a, a little excerpt from somebody I ran over afterwards. I was trying to find Roger's son, Torp said. I found out his son had jumped the fence and gone over. He was trying to get his dad out. Paul Walker's best friend was trying to get Paul out of the car while it was still on fire. He was trying to save his friend. There was nothing he could do. You know, as I said in the article where I posted this, people die, car crashes happen, and that's part of life. But it's really sad. You know, I was not a fan of and have not been a fan, am not a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise but by all accounts, and, and everybody who's talked about it, um, you know, even before, uh, even before this, I mean, you know, nobody's gonna have anything bad to say on somebody's death. But even before this, you never heard a bad thing about Paul Walker. By all accounts, he was a great guy, and uh, you know, it's sort of a rare thing to find somebody who's so universally well liked. It seems like in Hollywood, it seems to me. So it's a it's sad and it's a tragedy and. Uh, um, for those of you who are fans of Fast and Furious, and I, you know, I don't judge you for it. <laughs> um, uh, Universal has halted production on Fast and Furious Seven. Uh, I had posted earlier in the week that Fast and Furious Seven would be moving forward, but apparently not so fast. Uh, the death of Paul Walker, an obviously key figure in the mega sequel and franchise. Fast and Furious 7 makes the future of the movie and series completely unclear. Production on the James Wan-directed movie was supposed to continue this week in Atlanta following the Thanksgiving holiday and additional filming with the entire cast in Abu Dhabi in January. Clearly things are in flux, and while this past weekend a conference call between Suits and director tried to figure out how to salvage the film and, and honor the memory of Walker, it seems everyone is still weighing their options. But until the set has been cleared... But until then, the set has been cleared. Universal Pictures has officially announced that they are stopping filming on the sequel. I'm sure this is a bummer to those of you who are, uh, you know, fans of Fast and Furious. But I can also, I'm sure you can appreciate, as I do, the, the, the kind of the, the tight spot that these guys are in. I mean, they've expended a lot of money. And yes, unfortunately, money is a factor. And they've expended a lot of money in the production. And yet they do want to honor the memory of Paul Walker. And uh, I'm sure it's deeply affected those who are close to him. Can be very. Hard. I'm sure it's hard for the cast and crew, uh, and so you know it's it's. What do you do? And do you start over and make it more? Maybe he passed away in the between. The character died in the between time between the previous film and this coming film, and so maybe you have to refilm for that. Uh, I don't know. 
I w- I sure, I'm sure glad I'm not in that position as a producer, but here's the official statement from Universal. Right now, all of us at Universal are dedicated to providing support to Paul's immediate family and our extended uh, Fast and Furious family of cast and crew and filmmakers. At this time, we feel it is our responsibility to shut down production on Fast and Furious 7 for a period of time so we can assess all options available to move forward with the franchise. We are committed to keeping Fast and Furious fans informed, and we will provide further information to them when we have it. Until then, we know that you join that they join us in mourning the passing of our dear friend Paul Walker. So, uh, very very uh, good thing for them to do, despite the money that's at stake. Uh, I expected, fully expected, the money would be talking, and uh, you know, so good good for them, very good for them, and uh, I hope the production can continue in a way that is honoring to his memory. Uh, Pirates 5 may feature Keith uh, Richards and Christoph Waltz as the villain, uh, separated by comma there, Keith Richard, and also Christoph Waltz, possibly Christoph as the villain. Uh, B. Alan Orange over at MovieWeb.com, a slew of interesting new details have come to the surface for the impending sequel Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No no Tales, which has Johnny Depp signed to return as Captain Jack Sparrow for the fifth time. The Daily Mail is reporting that Keith Richards will return as the pirate Captain Teague, who also happens to be Jack's biological father. The pair will team up to battle Captain Brand in a search for a mythical trident. While Disney has not confirmed any of this, Django Unchained's Christoph Waltz was reportedly talking, interested in the talking on the villainous role of Captain Brand. And to which I said, Pirates of the Caribbean, the search for a story, am I right? I I have no interest in this franchise and continuing this franchise and just, just let it go. Let it die. Let it be done. Let it be dead. Why do we have to? No, stop. I don't want it. I don't want it. The fourth installment was bad enough. Let's not do a fifth. Ugh. Ugh. Moving on. Abrams, J.J. Abrams, says hiding Khan's identity was probably a mistake. In a recent interview with MTV, Abrams tra- talks frankly about withholding the Khan reveal. Uh, he went as far as complete out- and outright denial, if I remember correctly. He said, the truth is, I think it probably would have been smarter just to say up front, this is who it is. It was only trying to preserve the fun of it, and it might have been, and it might have given more time to acclimate to acclimate (laughs) and accept that's what the thing was. I'm reading an excerpt of what he said in while he was talking, so it's always a little more difficult. Uh, continuing, the truth is because it was so important to the studio that we not angle this thing for existing fans. If we said it was Khan, it would feel like you've really got to know what Star Trek is about to see the movie. That would be limiting. I can understand their argument to try to keep that quiet, but I do wonder if it would have seemed a little bit less like an attempt at deception if we had come out with it. And I have really mixed feelings on this. On the one hand, I, I'm all on board with preserving the mystery and this, the reveals and keeping the fun of it and not doing spoilers. I'm all on board with that. Uh, and even and, and despite being fairly certain, I knew, uh, you, you know, 30 minutes into the film, fairly certain who Cumberbatch was playing. There was something cool about not knowing that for sure. And when his name was finally spoken, that reveal that was that was fun. I'll admit that. On the other hand, they did let it get pretty far out of hand. I think Abrams is right. If they had just let it go, if they had, uh, it would have ultimately been better if fans, it would have been better received by the fans who who don't know what's good for them or really what makes a good Star Trek film. But they would have had time to acclimate to this idea of, of who Benedict Cumberbatch was. Check out the full video review, uh, video interview of J.J. Abrams. I have linked uh, here in the show notes uh, from J.J. Abrams. Ben Affleck has inserted nine minutes into the Argo extended edition um, 
And Affleck, Affleck fortunately hasn't given up acting. In fact, it's well known that he'll spend 2014 filming two of Hollywood's most anticipated movie, David Fincher's adaptation of uh, Gillian Flynn's Gone Girl and Zack Snyder's Batman vs. Superman. But before he embarked on those projects, Affleck wanted to revisit Argo one last time. In the new extended edition Blu-ray in stores today, he inserted nine minutes of footage that revolved around his character's family life, fulfilling a promise he made to a now-famous actor whose scenes had been left mostly on the cutting room floor. I can't wait to see it because Argo was my favorite film of 2012. Uh, obviously, it was a lot of people's, but it was mine. And uh, I hope the extended scenes are as good as what we saw in the theater. All right, X-Men Apocalypse has been announced for May 27, 2016, even though X-Men Days of Future Past isn't even in theaters yet. Uh, uh, X-Men Apocalypse will hit theaters in 2016, May the 27th. Uh, and I'm excited about this, and I'm excited that the film's not in 2015. It seems like every major film announcement has been about 2015 right now. It's been getting very crowded. So I'm excited that we have a film that's in 2016. Um, and I'm incredibly excited for any X-Men films that Brian Singer is involved with, and apparently he's possibly going to be, cert almost certainly going to be involved with X-Men Apocalypse in producing it, if not directing it. Um, and I, I've been re-watching the X-Men films on Blu-ray, and man, are those two first, first two that Brian Singer directed so good. So I'm really excited for Days of Future Past and this upcoming X-Men Apocalypse. Really excited to see what's going on there. Can't wait. Uh, find more information in the show notes. Before I sign off, let's talk about what you might want to see this weekend. New this weekend, uh, we don't have a lot, but we do have one. Out of the Furnace, rated R, starring uh, Christian Bale, uh, Casey Affleck, Zoe Saldana, uh, Woody Harrelson, and uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh... You know, there's uh, also produced by Ridley Scott and Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, so some big names attached, and yet the early, early trailers, at least, and even some of the later trailers, had a very indie feel. It's kind of strange, um, and it doesn't really necessarily look like the film type of film I'm going to like. We'll have to see, uh, and it is rated R for strong language and violence and drug content, um, and uh, uh, but I'm going to try to give it a chance. Maybe I'll see it this weekend. We'll see. I haven't decided what, what we're going to see this weekend and what we'll review on the Movie Bite podcast next week. But uh, maybe this. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We have one more week before The Hobbit hits theaters, so have to figure that out. So I don't know whether you should see it or not this weekend. Can't really give you a, a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down until I've seen it on this particular one. Still in theaters is The Book Thief. Uh, let me talk about that for just a minute since I did see that film finally. Finally it came out of limited release enough for me to get to see it. It was really, really good. Um, it, it, yeah, boy, I, I don't even know. I haven't cl fully collected my thoughts on this, so let me just say it was really good. It, it is a film, of course, about uh, um, you know World War II and a little girl living in Germany at that time with German parents and, and what that kind of looked like for them. Bring tissues with you to the theater. You will cry. I don't care how manly you are. If you're a man, I don't care how tough you are. You will cry. Bring tissues. Really, really good. PG-13 for some violence and intense thematic material. Additionally, still in theaters, The Hunger Games Catching Fire, really good. Frozen, haven't seen it. Thor The Dark World, really good. A Homefront, haven't seen it. Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom, limited release, can't see it, not in my area, really annoyed, looks good. And Ender's Game, also really good. For more on what I think about those films, whether or not you might be interested in seeing them, and all kinds of information about them, be sure to see my article linked up in the show notes at moviebyte.com, and uh, you'll find the link to that in the show notes. That is all I have for this week. If you would like to view those show notes that I just mentioned online, you can find those at moviebyte.com slash the wrap slash 58. If you want to keep up with me personally, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm TJ Draper Pro over there on Twitter. 
You can also follow Movie Byte on Twitter if you want to stay up to date with Movie Byte, twitter.com slash moviebyte. You can like Movie Byte's Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviebyte. Of course, be sure to visit the website where we keep you up to date every weekday at moviebyte.com. That is all I have uh, for this week, and I will be back next week. Unless something comes up, I will be back. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great weekend.